All right, everybody, welcome back to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. We are continuing with our series on the summer of 1984. And I was just thinking about something interesting. In addition to all of those incredible movies that we talked about last episode and all those incredible songs that we talked about last episode. Yeah. There was also a big event going on involving the president of the United States. It was the election year where Ronald Reagan was running against Walter Mondale. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah. And even though I was eight or nine years old, it was fascinating to me. And Mr. Reagan was one of those guys who completely misunderstood the lyrics <laughs> to the first song that we're going to talk about. I know. I can't wait to dive into that story. There is, it's, he's famous for, you know, talking about this patriotism and George Will has this kind of famous quote. That's also a misunderstanding of it. And, and then Walter Mondale, after Bruce was like, he's, he's missed the point here. He was like, oh, so Bruce supports me. And Bruce is like, whoa, tiger. Yeah. <laughs> not, not back in either one of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, just on the summer of 1984, yeah. one of the big things, the Olympics in LA in summer of 84 were huge. Mary Lou Redden. Wearing the Star Spangled Banner on her tights, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you had, what, you had Bart Connor and you had Mitch Gaylord, who shows up later in the movie American Anthem. Yeah. You have Carl Lewis, Edwin Moses, Mary Decker, who uh, tripped and fell. She was like the favorite in the American race. And she... She and Zola Bud, I think is her name. They got their feet tangled and she fell. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And just the heartbreaking images of her, like, you know. Oh, yeah. So. Tragic. The Olympics in L.A. That was, a, that was an amazing year. 1984 is an amazing year in the 80s. And you know what an amazing album of that year was? What? Born in the USA. Let's get into it track by track. All right. Before we get going, I just want to point something out. We have been talking to each other now for couple of years face to face and one of the reasons that I can do that is because you don't have nose hair <laughs> have you been talking to people and like you can't even concentrate on what they're saying because of their nose hair absolutely they like talk to you they like dangle <laughs> it dangles yes it wiggles it's it's a total distraction absolutely and so let me let me say if you are one of those guys we have a product that is supporting the podcast that you need to check out it's called the weed whacker and it is from manscaped it is an amazing product. It trims your nose hair. It's not embarrassing. You just stick it up there. It takes care of it. You're not going to look at people and bother them. Right. And I'm one of those guys who's self-conscious about my nose hair. So somebody that you're going to see me and I'm going to be like yanking them out and wincing in pain. <laughs> Don't do that. There is a special thing that they make. And they've also just released, in addition to the Weed Whacker, they have just released something called the Lawnmower. If you have other areas of your body that you're looking to trim up. And I'd like to point out that a giraffe is easier to see in the plains than it is in the forest. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Yes. Yes, it is. So, and it's very, it's very good around sensitive areas, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, they have also an entire shave kit called the Ultra Smooth Package. Package. <laughs> <laughs> you get the idea. So Who it, doesn't want their package ultra smooth? Right, right. So... Don't forget to go to manscaped.com and use the promo code FANSIDED20 to get 20% off your order and free shipping. Whack it. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so the first song on the album is the title track, Born in the USA.
listen to this drum beat. I'm telling you, Max Weinberg, baby. You've got Bruce, who's been this, you know, sort of folk, sort of, sort of rock guy. And you've got a quick piano followed by a synthesizer. Yeah. That uh, was another big thing in 1984. A repeating yeah. synthesizer. Okay. So this song was everywhere. And you sent me something that like, hey, is this song hard to play? And so I sat down. I'm like, ding, dong, ding, dong. I'm like, okay, two chords, whole song, two chords. And then I played the melody. I'm like, three notes. So two chords, three note melody, and you have one of the biggest hits of the decade. They got a hook and they wrote it all the way for four minutes. You better like that hook if you're going to like this song. Yeah. Iconic song. Yeah. Fist pumper. Yes. Patriotic. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, the fr- so let me tell this story. So you have Born to Run and you got Born in the USA. Okay. There was no, you know, Jason Bourne in the future. No. <laughs> anyway, he's got Born to Run, which is not a flattering song for New Jersey, right? Yeah. I mean, this town will rip the skin from your back. I mean, it's not good, right? Right, right. Flesh from your back. Anyway, and New Jersey... Completely misunderstanding the song was like, hey, we should make that like our state song. (laughs) Dude, no, that's this is not a flattering song. They're trying to get out of this town, right? We've got to get out of this town. So the U.S. says, New Jersey, hold my beer. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So if you think that this song is a patriotic song, let's just listen to the lyrics real quick. Okay. Born down in a dead man's town. The first kick I took was when I hit the ground. (laughs) You end up like a dog that's been beat down too much till you spend half your life just covering up. That's not flattering. Yeah. Yeah. But it's this amazing thing where he takes these grueling lyrics in the verse and then puts them against this very patriotic sounding chorus. It's a fist bumper. Yeah, it is a total fist bumper, which is interesting because as the song goes on, this is a song about a Vietnam vet, right? I mean, he grew up poor. He had to join the army in order to get out of going to prison. They send him off to a foreign land to kill the yellow man. His brother gets killed. He's all gone and he's back and everybody's kind of spitting on him. Like he's got nowhere to run, nowhere to go. This is like the plot of first blood. Yes. Out by the gas fires of the refinery. I'm 10 years burning down the road, nowhere to run to, ain't got nowhere to go. And so the idea of what was happening with the vets at this time, that, that, you know, they had gone and fought in the name of the USA and they come back and they're the people who are waving the flag and all patriotic are kind of forgetting about the vets. They're treating them like crap. That's the same thing that happens in the song. The chorus is so loud and powerful. You completely lose the message of the song. My first kick was when I hit the ground. Yay, USA. (laughs) So here's a part of Ronald Reagan's speech, right? Ronald Reagan, his son, I heard his son talking about this. Ronald Reagan had no idea who Bruce Springsteen was, Uh right? So he says in his speech, he said, America's future rests in the thousand dreams inside your hearts. It rests in the message of hope in songs so many young Americans admire. New Jersey's own Bruce Springsteen and helping you make those dreams come true is what this job of mine is all about. Somebody Mm -hmm. asked him, what's your favorite Bruce Springsteen song? Yes. And an aide stepped forward and said, his favorite song is Born to Run. And Johnny Carson said, if you believe that, I got, I got a couple of tickets to the Mondale Ferraro inaugural ball. I'd like to sell you. 
<laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, yeah. So Born in the USA is released October 30th of 1984. So the song reaches number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. And like we've done before, I wanted to know what are the eight songs that are better than Born in the USA at this time in 1984 with all this cool stuff happening. Sure. Okay. So here they are. I was less than impressed. Okay. <laughs> like a Virgin, iconic 80s song, number one. Yes. All I Need by Jack Wagner. Cheesy crap. <laughs> okay. You're the Inspiration by Chicago. It's on the makeout list of 1984. Yeah. I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner. Okay. Uh, it's go. on the makeout list of 1984. Yeah. Easy Lover by Philip Bailey and uh, Phil Collins. Okay. I like it. But iconic 80s? No. I mean, you know, it's it's a, a catchy. You know, yeah, I, I mean, like it. Yeah, you're like, oh, I remember those songs. Yeah. But what? Run to You by Brian Adams. Yeah. Great no, song off fantastic. the Reckless album. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's my favorite song. Yeah. 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 Wild Boys by Duran Duran. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a good Duran Duran song. We Belong by Pat Benatar. There you go. Yeah. That's where we are. Okay. I mean, they're all good songs, but are they better than Born in the USA? Right. I don't know. Right. I want to talk about the creation of this song. Let's go. Okay. Let's do it. This is a nugget that blew me away. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So this song was written in 1981 mm -hmm. as the title for a film by Paul Schrader. And he sent him the script for this movie that he wants to make with Bruce Springsteen called Born in the USA. So Bruce Springsteen makes this song, writes this song, and then the movie kind of flounders. And then by the time that the, they're ready to make the movie, the song has already lived its life. Mm -hmm. And so he can't call it Born in the USA anymore. And so they changed the title and they changed the actors. This movie is called Light of Day and it stars Michael J. Fox and Joan Jett. Right. I think I watched some of that movie just because it had Michael J. Fox in it back in the mid 80s. Yeah. And couldn't finish it. I watched it, it about like, a year ago. This is depressing me. This it's is depressing. Not, it's not a happy movie. No. Okay. So yes, that is the creation of the song. And for a long time, this was just an acoustic song. It was just him with an acoustic guitar singing, but it changes in this amazing organic way. So they've been in the studio recording, ruling session. All of the members are worn out and they all go into the booth. And then at some point, one of the band members goes back out. I think it was Bruce. And he starts just playing just the riff on the guitar. And then at that point, Max Weinberg is like, I think I got a different idea here. And he walks out and he hits that hard snare, hard snare. And like, okay, this is making it sound a little different. And one by one, each of the members of the band come back into the recording studio and they play it in a completely different way where it's more like an anthem than like this sad guitar-y folk song. And when they get done, they're like, I think we just found something. Yeah, no doubt. They played it one more time to see if they still had it. Then they played it one more time, and that's what's on the record. That's incredible. Yeah. I love stories like this where the song is just kind of birthed, and it, it takes on a life of its own, and it becomes this rock 80s anthem. Yeah. Wow. I got a couple of little nuggets for you, okay? okay go ahead. Patti LaBelle covered this song in 1985. Okay, that's interesting. Also, you may remember Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin had a parody of the song called Born in the East L.A. Oh, I forgot about that. That's awesome. <laughs> Made it into a movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Born that's in the East funny. L.A. Yeah. One more quick nugget. This video was directed by a guy named John Sales. Uh-huh. 
He's the guy who wrote The Howling. He wrote oh, wow. Alligator. It was kind of an 80s movie. Oh, okay. And he directed Eight Men Out. So he's a oh, guy who's done some things. Yeah. Eight Men Out. Yeah. Okay. That does it for Born in the USA. On to song number two, Cover Me. So the beginning of the song blowing in sounds like the fabulous Thunderbirds to me. Yeah, I, I could go with that. Yeah. Once again, you've got another song about the guy who's just been beaten down. <laughs> right? He has been beaten down so much that all he's looking for is someplace to hide where the person will cover him up. Yep. Somebody, I need somebody to love me and cover me. Yeah. This was the second single released July 31st, 1984. Uh-huh. This reached number seven on the Hot 100. Okay. It's still a little better than Born in the USA. That's crazy. That's crazy. Now, I mean, this is a good song. Better than Born in the USA? I know. I, I can't believe it. This song was written for Donna Summer. I know, right? Can you imagine a disco version of this song? No, no. Donna Summer is a great singer, but she is a little bit more pop and definitely more disco. disco you yes, know? yeah. But John Landau listened to it and thought, ah, this sounds like a hit. We might want to hang on to this one. So they gave her the song called Protection instead this was one of the songs that was recorded at the hit factory yes which several of the songs were recorded at and it's simple it's a more emotional song so yeah this song is a good song i like it it's upbeat even though the lyrics are kind of like depressing (laughs) but uh this is a toe tapper this is a great concert song again listen to those drums listen to how the music plays against the meaning of the lyrics and you've got this magical combination on almost all of these songs it's it's crazy yeah no music video for this song yeah that's interesting which is kind of weird and it still made it to number seven yeah wow great song like it yeah love it all right song number three darlington county All right, I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. <laughs> I know, right? I <laughs> uh, know. That uh, cowbell is very prominent in this yeah. song. I Give it up, Max. So the first time I heard this, I thought, and that sounds a lot like Honky Tonk Woman by the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, similar intro, yes. And as I did my research, yeah. I found out that in concerts, he would play the first few bars of Honky Tonk Woman and blends right into this song, I thought. Nice. That on the back. Awesome. Way to go, you. Thank you, me. <laughs> this could have easily been a single. It's one of my favorites on the album. It's a great I, I song. I love it. Great I love song. love it, yeah. Lyrically, this is about a guy driving to Darlington County to look for work. Couple of palookas. <laughs> there you go. Look for work? Yeah. I would say looking to get laid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're just going down there to try to pick up some chicks, man. Sometimes that's work. <laughs> It's always work. <laughs> <laughs> Darlington County is in South Carolina. Yeah, they're they're going to go down and talk to the girls about being these big New York City boys, even though they're just a couple of palookas. And... <laughs> Try to get them to, you know, come over here and sit down and listen okay. to the radio with me in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. A guy named Jeff Stevens and the Bullets 
took the cover version to number 69 on the Hot Country Songs in 1987. It's got a very country feel to it. It does. Except that the guys are talking about being from the city. Yes. One more quick thing on this song before we move on. Springsteen originally wrote this song in 1978 for the album Darkness on the Edge of Town. Okay. It didn't make the cut. He reworked it. Re-recorded it in 1982, yeah, and here we have it in 1984. Awesome. Fantastic. Okay, moving on to a song called Working on the Highway. Okay, this one is screaming Bo Diddley at me. Once again, it's a guy who screwed up his life. <laughs> More depressing lyrics. <laughs> The music is so good. Oh, like, it's, it's catchy. So, it's it's got that 1950s, early 60s, absolutely pop rock song sound about it. But it sounds like summertime blues to me. Yeah, yeah. And so you've got this guy. He's talking about everybody's getting off of work. Talking about getting hurt on the weekend. And you know these. You know some guys are going to go drink. Some guys are going to go look for a fight and all this stuff. And then about what he's going to do. And he's got this because he's holding this flag, working on the highway. He's got this girl on his mind. Right. So uh, the people that I've heard talk about this, they seem to think like he's working on the highway. He meets up with this underage girl, gets in trouble, ends up in the penitentiary and is just working on the highway for the penitentiary. Yeah. I think it's already happened. Like, I think at the beginning of the song, Bruce is throwing you off with the lyrics about what the other guys are going to do with their weekends. I think this guy's already a penitentiary inmate because he did this. And that's why the girl is on his mind because he mentions it in the first verse. Okay. But the idea of the song either way is this guy decided to fall in love with a girl who was too young. He talks to her dad, does the honorable thing. And his dad, her daddy says, don't you know, she's just a girl. And then he takes her down to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> You're on the right path there for a second. And then you <laughs> took a hard left. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, brothers show up with the cops and it's off to the penitentiary with him. And he's just working on that. Working on the highway. Yeah. The song was originally called Child Bride. Yeah. Uh, working on the highway is a better title. <laughs> yes. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Because nobody, it's hard to understand what Bruce says, right? I know. And this, by the way, I, I listened to several of the songs off of some of the other albums and his very first album, the greetings from Asbury Park, the first single off of that album was blinded by the light. And I was like, did he cover, did he do a cover as his very first thing? No, Bruce Springsteen was the guy who wrote blinded by the light. I had no idea. I thought Manfred Mann was the original. Recording. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't come along till 76. I was like, what? But this is the rare circumstance where I can understand Bruce better than I can understand what the you know, what Man for Man did. I mean, there was all kinds of misunderstood lyrics whenever I was listening to the Man for Man. Man for Man. Deuce was not deuce, <laughs> right? Not wrapped up like a douche? Not, yes, that's right. You got it. <laughs> okay. okay. So anyway. Working on the it. highway. Catchy song. Another fun song. Yeah. Moving on. Song number Five. This song's called Downbound Train. (laughs) 
dude, that's the Rolling Stones right there. Oh, so strong. So this is the, the Stones are strong with this one. <laughs> yes. And wait for it. Here it is. Max Cummins comes in with that snare. I'm telling you. Man. Yeah. I'm telling you. Except for that. Now, this song, this song, the music it matches the sadness of the words in the song. Right. Oh, my gosh. Downbound train. Like, the guy's like, life was pretty good. And then the factory shut down and my wife left me. And then I had a dream that she was calling me back and I walked into a dark empty room okay i'm gonna go kill myself <laughs> i know right wow bruce come on man find some happy find your happy place bro there's an author called debbie bull she called the saddest song ever written <laughs> it's <laughs> it is yes he did not bring the happy happy go lucky music along with the sad song so you got sad music sad song at the end of the nebraska sessions yes it was recorded with working on the highway and they called it the electric nebraska sessions oh okay okay this one i still like uh so far we've we've gotten i've, I've liked every single song in this they're album. all good i mean even if it does make me suicidal <laughs> It still hits a, it hits a nerve that sometimes you got to hit. Sometimes songs are supposed to make you feel sad. Yeah. That's why they call it the blips. And that's why they call it the blips. No, not that. <laughs> Elton John, right? Elton John. Okay. okay. What he seems to do on this album to me is, is put songs on each end of each side that are like his tentpole songs. Like, these are the best songs on the album. Let's put them on each end. Okay. Which brings us to song number six. I'm on fire. This starts off, I like it right away. This is a hit. You can hear it in my ears. Immediately, I'm all the way in. This is beautiful. Beautiful song. Smooth, yeah. This was the fourth single released February 6th, 1985. It reached number six. On the US Hot 100. Wow. Another top 10 hit. Yeah. Four single. Yeah. So this song, number one, when we get that, hey, little girl, is your daddy home? I really hope when he says daddy, he means boyfriend, because if he actually means daddy, this is super gross. <laughs> um, so I'm going to assume boyfriend. But then as I'm, as I'm listening to these lyrics, this is the song of a crazy man. Like this is the song of someone who is disturbed and has a fire that is not an appropriate fire, right? Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? I got a bad desire. Oh, I'm on fire. He's struggling with some demons here, right? And he brings that home with the last part of the song, which I mean, the lyrics on this song, I think may be the most poetic. And we're talking about huge poetry on every single song here, but sometimes it's like someone took a knife, baby, edgy and dull and cut a six inch valley through the middle of my skull. At night, I wake up with the sheets soaking wet and a freight train running through the middle of my head. Only you can cool my desire. Oh, 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 I'm on fire. Wow. It's so powerful and so creepy and so beautiful and haunting and amazing and two minutes and 30 seconds long. All right. This video was filmed in March of 1985, Okay, which is the same month that Huey Lewis in the News filmed Bad is Bad. Oh, okay. Were they filmed in the same place? They're both in New York? One in LA, one in San Francisco. Uh, That's a long ways apart, by the way. (laughs) To us Oklahoma boys are like, oh, right next door. They're both in California. Right? <laughs> no, it's like a seven hour. Drive. <laughs> Directed again by John Sales. Uh-huh. This video won the MTV Video Music Award for Best Male Video. Yeah. 
okay, so the video is Bruce is a mechanic, mm-hmm. and this fantasy woman comes in. We never see her face. Just her nails as he gazes at them, stroking the side of the car he's working on. I, I don't know if it's implying if that she is she a real person, or is he just like fantasizing about her, or what? Is she just unattainable? Mm-hmm. But uh, it's kind of like the dark version of. Billy Joel's Uptown Girl video. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. I got something for you on this. Okay, you ready for this? Yes. The B-side to the single, I'm on Fire. Yes. Is a song called Johnny Bye Bye. Okay. Written by, it's like fused from Chuck Berry, a Chuck Berry song. Okay. Okay. So he had written, you know, parts of it. And Springsteen took those parts and kind of made a song out of it. But this was written just before Chuck Berry went to jail for three years for violating the Man Act of 1962. That's ironic. How about that? Given my interpretation. Seriously. Yeah. And for those who don't know what the Mann Act of 1962 is, that is transporting women across state lines for immoral purposes. Mm -mm -mm. Wow. Whoa. whoa, He's on fire. Yeah. Let's see what Johnny Bye Bye sounds like. Hey, little girl with the red dress on. It's a party tonight down in Memphis town. I'll be going down there if you need a all right so just one little tidbit on this song yes okay bruce springsteen and his pianist roy baton and his drummer max weinberg mm-hmm. are sitting around the first version of this song was just the three of them because everybody else was taking a leak or on break or whatever <laughs> right smoke them if you got them. that's right that it that's it okay so roy baton yeah has come up before do you remember his nickname is the professor yeah. He was one of the handful of guys that Bon Jovi got to help him record Runaway. Ah! So go check out our Bon Jovi. Prelude to Prayer. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Just the part one of the Slippery When Wet New Jersey battle of Bon Jovi. All right. Time to hit stop on your tape player. Kick it out. Flip it over. Side two. First song. No Surrender. Strong piano sounding like the old 50s song. You got the harmonies coming in here. I'm already loving it. I'm I telling love you, it. Tent pole on each side. This is a great song. Yeah, absolutely. This is a feel-good song. Yeah, what what wait, what a positive? I know a positive sounding and positive lyrics song. What is it doing on this album? I, I know, I know. This is a great <laughs> song. This reminds me kind of a Bon Jovi. I mean, yeah. it's it's a feel-good working man camaraderie yeah we're in this together and we're not giving up see it through living on a prayer okay (laughs) (laughs) i really feel like this is something that probably he had with his bandmates where he was like that they had to say to themselves because i mean just keep keep in mind his first album came out in 73 this is 11 years later born to run had so much hope and he's built up all of this fan base but he's not really had a commercial success and so he has to rally the troops right yeah yeah guys we are in this together no retreat no surrender this song almost didn't make the album okay this was the last song in wow 
It was only at the insistence of Steven Van Zandt. He had left the band, but was still friends with everybody. Yeah. He was pursuing his solo career. Yep. And when he listened, he's like, guys, we got to, I mean, this is a great song. You got to include this one. This song was originally titled Brothers Under the Bridges. Uh-huh. And quickly, have you ever seen the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie called no Retreat, No Surrender. I have never... No, I have not seen that. Okay. Movie. Not a great movie. He's the bad guy. <laughs> but the movie title uh-huh. comes from this song. Okay. <laughs> right. Is it about a band who's blood brothers underneath the stormy night? No, it's karate. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Song number... I don't know. Number two on side two. Number two on side two. This song's called Bobby Jean. <laughs> So this song is about the loss of, I can't tell if it's a friend or a lover or right. a friend that he wanted to be a lover. Right. right. Like they were obviously close growing up and she leaves without notice. Yeah. And he's he's just hoping that maybe somewhere out there she'll hear this song on the radio and know it's about her. I'm not sure it's a she. It could be he. Yeah, that's true. That's I mean, true. Yeah. Bobby Jean yeah. could be a male or female. True. And it's never really specified in the song. Yeah. Some people think it's it's like, you know, Stephen Van Zandt leaving the band and, oh, man, oh, good yeah. luck to you. We'll miss you. That type of thing. Yeah. It's Billy Jean's sister or brother. <laughs> I don't think it's Billy Jean's sister. <laughs> this song was not released as a single, but it did make it to number 36 on the mainstream rock charts. Wow. All right. Good song. It doesn't get me real fired up. No, this is, I pr- I would say, probably my least favorite song on the album. I won't call it a skipper. I would just say, if you get to lose one on the album, this one's probably it. Yeah. Have you seen the live performance when Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam comes on stage and they sing this together? No, but I must. There you go. Wow. That would be fantastic. <laughs> done with Bobby Jean. We're now moving on to the sixth single released August 27, 1985. This song's called I'm Going Down. I like that nasty guitar. All right, bring it in, Max. this song this is a guy who's had enough of her crap (laughs) (laughs) i am tired of your crap (laughs) you used to love on me and now you just beat me down like a dog (laughs) this song reached number nine on the u.s hot 100 another top 10 hit so how many is that that's the fifth one that we've talked about that's five top 10 hits and we haven't even got to a few songs oh my gosh Okay. A little repetitive, this song. I love it, but a little bit repetitive for me. It's catchy. It's, I, yeah. It's it's, it's air it's candy. A, it is a good, it's a good song. I'm done with this one. Moving on to song number 10 on the album. Possibly my favorite song in the album. 
This song's called Glory Days. the guitar i want to go i want to go get a board and a baseball glove and i want to go pitch a little bit on the mound and i was never a pitcher in high school let's go get a bucket of balls and some pine tar and let's get out there oh my gosh this one is it's iconic it is amazing If you say Bruce Springsteen, this is where my head goes immediately. Absolutely. I'm totally with you. Understand every word he says in the song, thankfully, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's it's a it is a feeling that I can understand as well, you know, like I mean that's why we're here, right? Nostalgia. Like these people, unfortunately, it's kind of that idea that the best days that they ever had were their high school days. Right. And they're stuck there, right? They're yeah. just stuck in trying to relive those days. But you know what? That's okay. That's kind of what we're doing. Here. I, hey, well, that's we are having a blast talking about. Yeah, our I glory love days. talking about the glory. Days. <laughs> Little of the glory. So uh. <laughs> that's right. So this song was the fifth single released May thirty first, nineteen eighty five. So this reached number five. Yeah. On the US Hot one hundred. Yeah. I'm spiking the football. This is my favorite Bruce Springsteen song of all time. Love it. Yeah. I mean, I have no, I won't fault you. This is probably up until we did this podcast, this was my number one. So this was actually based on a true story. Bruce Springsteen and this guy named Joe DePew were classmates and teammates, like okay. Little League yeah, teammates, yeah. right? And this guy, Joe DePew, was a really good player. Uh-huh. And one day he's walking into a bar. Joe DePew is walking out uh-huh. and he says, hey, Joe, how's it going, man? And they turn back around. They go back in. They sit down and have a big, long conversation about the glory days, yeah. right? Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. And this is his quote on this, right? He said, the first verse actually happened. The second verse mostly happened. And the third verse, of course, is happening right now. Beautiful, right? Oh, nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Here's the cool thing about this. Yeah. I ran the sound system for the baseball team this year okay. at my son's high school baseball games. Uh-huh. Played it. It still killed. Nice. People are loving it. I mean. So good. Yeah. It's so good. Here's the interesting thing. The video, Stephen Van Zandt had left the band two years prior to. Yeah. But he's in, he's all over the video. He's having a ball. Yeah. And there's another cutie up on the stage with him as well. Let's talk about her. Okay, go ahead. There is a cutie up on stage with him. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. But here's the thing. Julianne Phillips was Bruce Springsteen's wife at the time. Yeah. Okay. If you say to yourself, oh, Julianne Phillips, who is that? Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Skin Deep, of which I'm a big fan? Never seen it. Okay. Fletch Lives? Seen that. Fletch Lives, she is the love interest in Fletch Lives. Oh, yeah. yeah okay? okay. She was married to Bruce Springsteen from 1985 to 1989. Okay. So not at the... When did this video come out? 1985. She's okay. actually in the video. 
Okay. So they were married at the time the yes. video came out. Okay. And she's actually, yeah, she's in the video. Okay. But apparently down the road, yeah. the other girl in the band, her name is Patty. I think her name is Patty Siafa, if I'm saying that right. Okay. She and Bruce were kind of caught out together. And so Julianne Phillips said, I'm out of here. And yeah. now Bruce and Patty are now married and have been married for a that long fits. time yeah. and have kids and all yeah. that. Yeah. So here's, here's something funny I think about this song. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we've already established that Bruce has never had a real job, even though he sings about the working man all the time. Right. Right. And now he's talking about his glory days. Yeah. He said like on concert, he's like, let me be clear. I hated high school. <laughs> right. So it doesn't have yeah. the fondest memories of high school. Yeah. Not, Still. Not a standout student. Not cool enough even to be the class clown. That's right. Yeah. Still a great song. Oh, yeah. Best song on the album for me, Spike in the Football. All right. Moving on to a song called Dancing in the Dark. Okay. Beginning sounds on this song are very similar to the Born in the USA beginnings. Like you've got that same synthesizer that's going along, but the beat is a little faster, a little more fun. And it's because it's a dance beat because dancing is in the name of the song. Right. 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 But as we talked about in our last episode, this was the song that he wrote out of frustration because John Lando said, you don't have a hit yet. <laughs> Boy, was he wrong about that. that he was a little... Yeah. You were, no, he was right. You don't have a hit. You have six hits. <laughs> yes. Right. And I'm a little worried because the other songs only sound like, you know, six top 10 hits. Right. So he, they have their fight. Landa storms out. He's frustrated. And this, I mean, his life up until that point was... He starts working in the evening and they record through the night and he falls asleep in the morning. So the idea that I get up in the evening and I ain't got nothing to say, that is him. That is, I've been doing this. I've been spending all night for months on end. And you're asking me for another song and I've got nothing left to say. I've done this 80 times. <laughs> I've used all my words. I'm done. And then. I come home in the morning, go to bed, feeling the same way. So he goes to bed in the morning, gets up in the evening. This is the life of a musician, friends and followers. This is this is what you hoped for to become a rock star. But at this point, after all of this, he's nothing but tired and just bored with himself. He could use just a little help. I, I mean, the meaning means so much more now that I know that it's the result of this big fight that he has after killing himself and getting told you haven't done enough yet. Isn't that cool? Yeah. This is why I love what we do. Yeah. The deep dive makes me appreciate these guys' creations even more. Yeah. Wanna change my clothes, my hair, my face, and I ain't getting nowhere. I just live in a dump like this. There's something happening somewhere. Baby, I just know. This song was released May 9th of 1984. That was just a couple of days ago. And it reached number two on the U.S. Hot 100. Wow. All right. You want to know what's better than Dancing in the Dark? Yeah. Turns out there's two songs better 
Okay. It was blocked for two weeks by two different songs. Oh, what? Okay. All right. So it was blocked by Duran Duran's The Reflex. Okay. That was a big one. That's a big one, That's right? That's a big one. Yeah. That's a huge one. Yeah. And then the week after, When Doves Cry. And another huge one. Huge one. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's unfortunate, but this is still a fantastic song. It's still a fantastic song. Yep. So I think now, now that I know the story, I got to say Glory Days has to move down to the number two spot for me. And this song is now my favorite song in the album. Hey, fantastic. Plus, without this song, we might not have had Courtney Cox, which means we might not have had a girlfriend on Family Ties. Yeah. Which means we might not have had Monica on Friends. Wow. How about that? Thank you, John Landau, for being a little bit of a D and making Bruce write just one more song. That's right. Thank you so much. You ready to talk about the music video? Yeah. Because we're moving there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you've got a young Courtney Cox, as you mentioned. Yep. If we he doesn't pull her out of the crowd, yep. pull her up on stage, that is her with the short hair in case you uh, hair, yeah. got by you there. Okay? Yep. This was filmed in St. Paul, Minnesota. They played the song twice. So they could get all the, the footage they needed. Uh-huh. It was directed by Brian De Palma. Wow. Yeah. Would not have picked that. Okay. Now then, <laughs> here is the funny part about this song. Okay. All right. The dance that Bruce is doing on stage yes. later became the, the Carlton. Carlton. Yes. <laughs> yes. From Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. One little nugget I thought was hilarious when I heard about this nugget about Dance in the Dark. You okay. ready for this? Yes. Okay. According to Rolling Stone, yeah. this is the only Springsteen song that Bob Dylan ever covered. Okay? Okay. Imagine Bob Dylan singing Dance in the Dark. Okay? I'm so, trouble with that. Yes. <laughs> so when he did it, so apparently this is January 12th, 1990. Bob Dylan flubbed most of the words. <laughs> And the performance was so bad, people didn't even realize what he was singing. They had no idea. Oh, uh, that's that's awkward. They were like, "What uh, is this? Yeah. What is it? Dancing in the dark? <laughs> what? Great song, feel good song, poppy, yeah. ear candy. Yeah, and a great story behind it. Everything I need. This this is the new number one. This was voted the single of the year by Rolling Stone listeners. Okay, all right, finishing strong. With another tentpole song. I and mean, we've got three in a row here. Glory Days. We have Dancing in the Dark. And then we have My Hometown. I was eight years old and running with a dime in my hand. The bus stop to pick up a paper for my old man. Okay. <sighs> this is not a fist pumper. But after hearing this song, I don't know how many times in preparation for this, I still almost teared up because <laughs> the imagery is so vivid of this little kid running down the street, the dime in his hand, getting a paper for his old man. Sit on his lap in that big old Buick and steer as we drove through town. And he tossed my hair and say, son, take a good look around. This is your hometown. And that warm, fuzzy memory leading into the racial tension that happens while he's in high school and the slow spiral down of the town to the, by the time that he's an adult and he's got his own little boy, he's talking with his wife about getting the heck out of there. But then he's riding with his son in his lap at the steering wheel saying, son, this is your hometown. Ah, it is so emotional, so amazing. I love, love, love the song. Nice. So this song was released November 21st of 1985. It reached number six on the Hot 100. Yep. Now, for those of you keeping track at home, that's seven singles, all of them top 10 smashes. Yeah. 
Now, just a little addendum to that. This song reached number one on the adult contemporary, uh-huh. which to date is his only number one hit. In any category? Yep. Wow. How about that? That's crazy. I know. That is crazy. Because okay. this was released so close to Thanksgiving, yeah. the B-side to this is Santa Claus is Coming to Town, oh, which I, I hear a lot yeah, during yeah. the Christmas time. Oh, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Like Bruce having fun for once in his life. Yeah. Before we wrap up the album, I want to throw in, I want to talk about one song just briefly. This is a song that didn't make the cut. Okay. Pink Cadillac. supposed to be on born in the usa uh-huh. it didn't make the cut but they later released it as kind of a b-side uh-huh. and it reached number 27 i mean that's the power of this yeah. album that a song not even good enough to make the album still was a top 30 hit it's a great song yeah i'm yeah. riding in my pink cadillac like prince's little red corvette yeah. it's uh it's a little metaphor for uh female uh oh, there you go pink okay. cadillac hello <laughs> take a ride in your pink Cadillac. Awkward. <laughs> there you go. All right. So fantastic album. Yes. From beginning to end, maybe one song out of the bunch that I would go, eh, this right. is okay. Right. The rest of them are amazing. Amazing lyrics, great music, better in my opinion than anything he had done up until that point. And I, I'm a, as we've said before, I'm a radio friendly Big hits, Bruce Guy. So that's why I like this album better than his other albums. Sure. But given the success of the album, this is obviously an opinion that's shared by many other people. Right. So that's the end of this part. Join us next week. go into Huey Lewis and the News, the history of Huey Lewis, and then we go track by track through the album Sports, which also was one of the few number one albums of 1984. Tune in next week. You can hear all about the albums that reached number one in the year 1984, because there aren't very many. And Born in the USA and Sports were two of them. Come back to Final Judgment next week. Hit subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Patreon. Interact with us through Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. All right. See you guys next week.